welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. So, I want to um, finish a message that I started last week. Don't worry, you won't be lost. Those of you watching me online, or if you are joining us for the first time today, you will not, you will not be lost. Um, I, I, was, I started speaking on a message titled, uh, The Resilient Company. The Resilient Company. Yeah, The Resilient Company. Basically, um, the, the message was precipitated by the incident that happened two Sundays ago, Kobe Bryant's death. Um, as a result of uh, that unfortunate incident, and God, you know, bless and comfort his family, several people started sending me texts, you know, asking questions. There was just a general um, feeling of discouragement and people becoming afraid and all that. In fact, when I preached on Sunday, some people came to meet me. They were just saying, wow, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, that thing really troubled me. I don't know Kobe Bryant. I don't really follow basketball, but that thing really affected me. So I wanted to because one of the ways that you can push lies away is to teach truth. So I wanted to make sure that you have truth. Amen. So I began to talk about um, why the church in the Acts of the Apostles were described this way in Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. Revelations 12, 11. Why were they described this way? Let's, let's uh, read it. It says, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their life so much that they were afraid to die. They did not love their life so much that they were afraid to die. Why did, why is it that, why uh, did the church in Acts, why is it that they were not afraid of death? What was the reason why they were so bold and they were not afraid of death? And then we also see in studying the book of the Acts of the Apostles that they did die, right? Everybody dies, right, at one particular time. But we, when we look at the Acts of the Apostles, you will see, and then even going into the epistles, you will see that people, um, the records there, some people died because they were martyred. Right? They were killed for their faith. Now, that's a kind of voluntary death. Right? They chose to do it. Do you get what I'm saying? Because they saw that there was a greater reward. There was something that would come right? as a result of them giving their lives. So it wasn't that. Like Jesus said, he said, he said, no one can take my life from me. He said, I lay it down and I can take it back up again. No one can take it from me. That's what Jesus said. So we notice that those people like Stephen, um, even going to Peter, Peter said, Tell me, Tell me. Uh, they were going to crucify him according to church history. But he wanted to crucify him. He said, I don't want to be, I don't want people to confuse me and Jesus Christ. So crucify me upside down. Uh, we understand that uh, Nero put Paul, uh, through Paul to the lions after he was, you know, hold. We understand that John the beloved, 
They boiled him in hot water, but he didn't die. And after a while, they tried to kill him. I mean, hot, I'm sorry, not hot water, hot oil. Yeah, you know, they tried to fry him. But, you know, he still didn't die. So they, they banished him to the highland of Patmos, where he saw the vision of revelations. So, so there was a resilience about them, and there was a fearlessness about them. The other people that we saw that died in the Acts of the Apostles, like Dorcas, Hermias, and some of them you know, died or were close to death, Ephraphoditus and all that, we saw that they were raised from the dead or they were healed. And then in, in the book of First Corinthians, uh, we saw that there were some people in the ch- Corinthian church that died simply because of the way they were treating you know, uh, the body of Christ. Right? So they died. It was a kind of a judgment right, based on uh, the way they were living their lives. And you know, Paul told them, you know, if you change, you know, if you judge yourself, he said, you will, um, you will leave. So we see those, uh, we do not see anybody while Jesus was going on the boat that they found out that Bartholomew had fallen under the boat and he was dead. And everybody began to run, Elsa Skelter, where's Bartholomew? And Jesus is like, oh, the Lord take it, the Lord give it. And then he had to go and comfort Bartholomew's family or whatever. No, we saw Jesus Christ raising people from the dead. We saw that everybody that worked with him, they had a measure of, they had protection. When they were going on a boat one time and there was, there, was, um, there was this hurricane proportion, kind of a wind that was coming, they were also scared. So Jesus Christ was sleeping. I mean, if you are sleeping and you have care, you have control, you have care and responsibility over people, he had a responsibility over these people because he called them. But he, got, you know, he was sleeping. And he said, what I was falling into the boat and he was still sleeping. I, I pray for that kind of sleep in Jesus' name. The kind of sleep that water will be coming, but you'll still be sleeping. Yeah. You know, that you just, he was so restful. He wasn't afraid. You know, you could sleep on water. Some of you have that gift naturally. You know, you don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't need anybody to pray for you. <laughs> you know, you. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! That's a gift from God, amen? It's a gift. <laughs> so enjoy it. But so he was, he was sleeping. And they, they, they were so scared. Master, master, this turbulence in the blood is too much. Don't you even care? And it's like, he didn't say, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot, I forgot. <laughs> no, he said, first of all, first of all, spoke to the, to the wind, said, be still, peace, be still. He said it was calm. Then he called to them, he said, why are you fearful? Where's your faith? Why are you fearful? Where's your faith? What it means is that you become afraid because you don't have faith. You have, you have faith in the protection of God. You have more faith in the ability of that thing to hurt you than in God being able to protect you. So that's the real key. The real key is the fear of death. Your real enemy is the fear of death. And that's what these people did not have. And that's why death did not have that much power over them. Except when they, you know, natural cause or some other stuff. They did not have the fear. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ came specifically so that he can deliver us from what? Hebrews 2, 14 to 15, quickly. Hebrews 2, 14 to 15. Hebrews 2, 14 to 15. 
tells us one of the reasons why Christ had to die and had to come is so that he can eliminate this thing that is called fear, the fear of death. Hebrews 2, 14. Hebrews 2, 14 to 15. It says, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself took part of the same. He became flesh and blood. Amen. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all those who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So, one of the reasons is to, is to remove this fear of dying. Why are we afraid to die? It's because we, we have certain wrong understanding of what death is and what life is all about. You are supposed to live your life without the fear of death. Amen. Everybody say, I'm ready for that kind of a life. I mean, if you want to become really powerful, if you want to be, if you want to be able to go for your dreams and not be scared and all that, you want to be able to go to wherever God tells you to go and all that, you have to deal with the fear of death. And listen, those who are not afraid to die, they're the ones that live. Because some people, the fear actually kills them. Have you heard some people that they just have a heart attack? Ooh, because, you know, just because people are running. You say something is happening and they are running and then they just die as a result of that. Because of fear. Fear. Because of fear. So, there's a, we are on a war against fear. Amen? And faith is the antidote. Faith is what? The antidote. The church is supposed to be the fearless company. We're not supposed to be afraid. If God tells you to go to the inner uh, city of Chicago to go and work with the teenagers, you shouldn't be negotiating with him and say, Lord, but I heard that that place, that's where they used to shoot. You know, we do that as a church. You know, many, we've been in dangerous places. We go to dangerous places. We do stuff in there, stand there on the streets where the gangs are operational and all that. Thank God for fearless people. We do it. Amen. You shouldn't, I mean, there's no need to be afraid. And, I would, and I'm, what I'm doing is I'm giving you reasons not to be afraid from the word of God. Amen. Giving you reasons not to be afraid. So, number one reason why you should not be afraid is, um, this is a revision, so I'm not going to go deep into it. All our messages are available for you to watch on our YouTube channel, the City Light channel, or on my podcast. This, this one that I preached last week is on my podcast. It's on iTunes, it's on SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, any one of those things I used to listen to music. Just type Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. You can listen to all our messages for free. Amen? So you can go and revise this. So I'm not going to go deep into it because I want to conclude it, okay? So they understood death for what it was. That's one of the reasons why they were not afraid. They understood death for what it was. When you know something for what it is, you stop being afraid of it. Right? Like somebody dress, dress, dresses up, you know, like a very scary monster. Uh, and comes, uh, and then you just stand there and you open the mask and you discover that, you know, there's somebody inside you. Will you still be afraid? Yeah, so when you understand things for what they are, your fear reduces. 
So the first thing that you know, they understood about death is that there are different kinds of death. So there are, you know, mentioned in the Bible three types of death. Spiritual death, the second death, and physical death. So now these ones are, these ones are worse than this one. This, but this one is an offspring of this one. Spiritual death is separation from God. Second death is being thrown into hell forever and ever. Physical death is just the cessation of, the, um, uh, of your spirit's existence within the body. It's a translation into another realm. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like a journey. Just go to another level. That's what physical death is. It's like a trans- transition into just another level. Okay? So they understood. The, the second truth they understood about death is that there's no fixed time that somebody is supposed to die. B. There is no, it's an appointment with no fixed time. It's an appointment with no fixed time. It's an appointment with no fixed time. So there's nothing like, oh, you are destined to die today. Oh, you know, somebody's destined to die tomorrow and all that. No, there's no fixed time. It's a variable, not a constant. And there are many passages of the Bible, like, you know, Proverbs 10, 27, Ephesians 6, 2, for example, says, Honor your father and mother that it may be well with you so that your days can be long. So meaning it is, it is conditional, right? It's conditional. Proverbs 10, 27 says, The days of the wicked will be shortened, but the, 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 the days of the righteous or something will be lengthened. So if something can be shortened and lengthened and all that, that means it's a variable. It's a variable. So it's not like, oh, there's one day, the day of your day, and when you reach that day, something terrible is going to happen to you to take you away. That's a lie of the devil. Amen? It's a lie of the devil. Fear of the Lord lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. So if something can be lengthened or cut short, it is a variable. Do you get what I'm saying? So I may not know the day I'm going to leave this world. You understand? Based on some revelation, I will show you that I know I'm called to long life, but I may not be able to say exact day. Do you get what I'm saying? Because this what? Is a variable. All right. So they understood it is a variable. Then they also understood that um, God is no respecter of persons, right? So if God says, you, you are going to die young. You, you are going to die older. You, you are going to, you know, it's like that's been a respecter of persons. Do you get what I'm saying? God is no respecter of persons. We have a choice and a say in how long our land. I showed you I showed you all these passages last week. We have a choice and a say. Deuteronomy 13, 19 says, I set before you today life and death. Choose life that both you and your children may live. Choose. Make a choice. Paul says, I, I, I want to, I, I, in uh, Philippians, he says, you know, to, to die is better to be with Christ. You know, it's fun. You know, but I still have some things to do with you. So I'm, 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 I'm in between two. I'm like, should I go? Should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay? You know, I'm staying right now. I'm in jail. You know, it was in a Philippian jail then. I'm in jail right now. Maybe I should just go and just have some fun with Christ. But you know what? If I stay, I'll still be able to write some more epistles. I'll still be able to preach some. You know, I think for your sake, I'll stay. So the guy was like, in between. Do you get what I'm saying? He had a choice. Tell anybody you have a choice. Say so you have a choice. Let's go to number two. They were fearless because they knew biblical precedents and the promises of God. 
They were fearless because they understood what? No, no, number, number uh, sorry, the next one. They were fearless because they knew biblical precedence and the promises of God. So these, these apostles, these people, the early church, one of the reasons why they were resilient and very confident is because they studied the Bible. They studied the Old Testament, right? They knew biblical precedence. They knew the promises of God. What are some of those biblical precedents and some of the promises? So, if you look at one of the promises in Psalm 91 from verse, you know, 1, you know, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under what? The shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then in verse 16, he says, with long life. It will satisfy you. And it will show you what? It's salvation. With long life, it will satisfy you. How, how do you know if somebody is satisfied? Now, if he's giving you food, am I the one that determines whether you are satisfied? You are the one that determines whether you are satisfied. If I give you food, I say, are you satisfied? Yeah, you are be satisfied now. <laughs> no. <laughs> you tell me, satisfied, right? So you have a say. How many of you are satisfied with your life right now? Or you want some more? Can I get a witness here? Who wants some more? I want some more. I see I have to go to all the nations. I see I have churches to plant. I see God of my kids, my grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Amen? We still got some work to do. Some people still need to meet Christ. Hallelujah! Some leaders still need to be raised. Some people still need to be helped. Some messages still need to be preached. I'm not ready to go! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Ready in terms of, you know, going there, but I'm saying that I have something to do. I am on mission. So I'm not satisfied yet. Tell anybody I'm not satisfied yet. No, you need to say it boldly. Are you satisfied? If you are satisfied, come, come, come. Let me pray for you. <laughs> no, 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 ready. Okay? So they knew biblical precedence. They knew that God said, God said that the days of a man shall be 120 years. They knew that. He said their days shall be 120 years. You know, so that, you know, they have, those of you that are in your 40s or your 30s right now, you still have a long way to go. Amen. I mean, we still have work to do. Hallelujah. They saw Abraham, that Abraham lived 130. They saw Isaac. They saw Jacob. Please follow me. They saw Moses. They saw Joshua. They saw, you know, every one of them. In fact, they saw, this one was so funny, in Genesis chapter 6. Um, sorry, Genesis chapter 47, verse 9. Genesis 47, verse 9. Jacob was complaining about 130 years. Moses, who wrote the psalm that says that the days of our, day, our years are 70 years, he lived to be 120. He was complaining in Genesis 47, verse 9. It's like, ah, oh, I'm only 130 years old, and this is too short compared to my fathers and those who went ahead of me. Amen. Is that clear, everybody? Then the next thing, the reason why they were bold is they understood why death came. They understood why death came. Death doesn't just happen. There are specific ways that people die <laughs> and reasons. There are specific ways and reasons that people die. And God has provided protection. You understand? And guidance concerning each of those ways, right? 
But the first thing you got to know is that God is not the one that kills. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have what? To give them a rich and a satisfying life. So God comes to give us a rich and a satisfying life. The devil comes to steal. So listen, when somebody dies before, well, you know, before they could fulfill their, you know, full obligations, purpose, and all that, don't stop saying, God, oh God, why, why, why? What you should say is, oh, thief has come again. The thief has found a way to enter. The thief has come to steal, to steal the rest of the years that belong to this person, to steal this person's purpose, to steal this person from being a father to their children, to steal this person from being a mother to their children, to steal this person from fulfilling their purpose. The thief has come and he has destroyed. And you know what? I'm not going to let that discourage me, but I'm going to go after the thief. I'm not going to blame God. I'm going to go after the thief. And I'm going to, my own life, I'm not going to allow you to steal my life. I'm not going to allow you. Because his purpose is to give us a rich and a what? Satisfying life. So why death, why death, they knew how, why death came. Um, let me just quickly run through it. Number one, the unsaved is at the mercy of the murderer. I taught week. The unsaved is at the mercy of what? They have limited covering. It's not sufficient. There's a covering for people, everybody in this world, you understand? And people can survive to a long age. But if the devil comes against them and they don't have Jesus, they, have, they don't have a, there's no way. There's no way. They don't, they don't have the protection that is necessary. So that's why one of your first, one of the first thing you do, I mean, one of the first thing you got to do is give your heart to Jesus and be under the covering of Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? Be under his covering. There's a covering for you if you are a believer. If you're a member of the body of Christ, there's a covering for you that supersedes what the natural person who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ has. There's a covering. Come on, say there's a covering for me. Just because I'm part of the body of Christ. Say it, say it. Say, just because I'm part of the body of Christ. I have a measure of protection. Because when I'm, I'm you see, when something, oh God, if so, when something, for example, look at this thing now. If this is a microphone, right? If this thing was part of my body, you know, if it was part of my body and you are, it was attached to my body and you are trying to take it, you know, I'm going to fight you, right? I'm going to protect it. But it's not part of my body. If it is just something else, you could do something. When you become a member of the body of Christ, he said, he that touches you, touches the apple of his eye. Whoever touches you, touches what? There is a, how many of you have seen a, a hen before that just had children? How many of you have seen it? Oh, man, I, I, you know, I was very stubborn when I was very a kid. So I, I play with, you know, with hens that have, that just had children. And they will deal with you. Last time we were in Malawi, I saw one. I was telling peace and all. I said, well, better be careful. So I said, that, that chicken, that one there is at the highest form of aggression. You get close to the kid, to the, any of the things, it will do, it will, you see the way they just, you know, it's like they just become bigger than they are normally. Are. 
and they are ready for you. The one that, that I experienced was, I did not know we were going to a house. That was, I was very young. We were going to a house, and this dog just had children, baby, you know, puppies. So I was just passing by the stairway. I was not going to touch the puppies. I was just passing. So the dog assumed that I was coming for its kids, and the dog pounced on me and scratched me. After that experience, I had a grudge against dogs. But Pastor Brother Fred, I'm forgiving them now. <laughs> I'm forgiving them now. I mean, why do you come after me? You know, she came after me because she thought I was going to do something to the kid. That's how God is concerning you. He that touches, she touches the apple of his eye. Do you get what I'm saying? Touch no man and do my prophet no harm. That's you that he's talking about. Whoever comes against you, you know, is coming against God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, for their righteousness is of me. Hallelujah! All right, so the ignorance of God's will. Some people don't know that God wants to protect them because they are ignorant. The devil steals by capitalizing on their ignorance. Number three, the practice, so neglecting God's covering. Number three. Neglect, neglecting God's covering. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Don't neglect your covering. Stay in the word. You know, just you know, trust God. Just believe. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not that like you have to be, always be perfect. Do you get what I'm saying? But just establish yourself in the truth that I am protected. I'm part of the body. Be part of a church. Protection, like I shared last week. The next one is the, the practice of a destructive lifestyle. Now, this is... You know, the other ones, you are protected from things external. But one of the hardest things to be protected from are things internal. Your own lifestyle. So, for example, there are certain habits that lead, that shorten lifespan than lengthen lifespan. If you are a smoker and you keep smoking, you might get lung cancer. Amen? And then when you die, you don't blame God. Amen? Are you getting what I'm saying? If you use substance, you use, you know, you get intoxicated and you are driving on the road and then you go and then you saw Lakeshore Drive and it looked like a highway. <laughs> you know, I mean, Lakeshore, you know, you just look like, ah, oh, that's a very nice, and you just drove inside of it. I mean, how are you going to blame God? You say, oh God, why did God allow that to happen to that young child? No, the young child had been drinking. Do you get what I'm saying? Destructive lifestyle. People die because, a lot of people die because of automobile accident, because somebody made the wrong choice. You know, that's why, you know, you, you know defensive driving helps you. Amen? D drinking while intoxicated, while you are high. And now that one eye is legal now, you know. A lot of, a lot of high Christians, the most high. <sighs> the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so. Your words, the kind of way you're speaking. Are you speaking about yourself? Are you speaking about your body? Oh, you know, anything can happen to anybody. And we don't even know anything can happen to anybody. Oh, oh, uh, you know what? Uh, just be joking. Ah, it almost killed me. You know, you know, I think it's an aeroplane that will kill me. There was one guy that I used to say then. He's like, the guy would say, look at that plane. Look at how heavy it is. This metal. Is there any time one enters, it's a risk. Do you know the guy died in a plane crash? This is a true story. 
Your words are powerful. Some of you, you, are, you so much want to be affirmed by people that you use your word against yourself just to make people laugh. What are you going to get from making people laugh? Oh, uh, it's kidding. Just, I mean, just... Neglect. Neglect of your body. For example, uh, you know, uh, what they call Ecclesiastes 7.16. Say, don't be too much evil. Why should you die before your time? He said, don't be overly righteous too. Why should you die before your time? What he's saying is that some people, they will fast, like fast, and they won't eat. <laughs> no, fasting is good for your health. You know, but there are some, some people have done 80 days fasting and then they ended up heaven after it. You know, you've got to watch your body, right? Your body is a machine. Your machine has to be oiled. You get what I'm saying? Your machine has to be exercised. Yes. You know, I, I said something to the last leading light court. I said, when I get to heaven, I will not, I don't want God to say, ah, ah, my son, as powerful as you are, only sugar, sugar took you out. Because you just couldn't stop eating ice cream. <laughs> of all the things. Make up your mind that when you stand before God, you won't have to tell me it was sugar. It was cake. It was ice cream. It was meat. I just could not stop it. <laughs> Amen. Don't let those things take you out. So your lifestyle is very important. Ah. Uh, Somehow it's just lying down on the bed and the couch and whatever. Don't let that take you out. Don't be a couch potato. Get, get to the gym. Get, do some exercise. You can't go to the gym. Walk. Huh? Walk or dance. If you like to dance, do something. Be active. Amen. So, so there's, you know, destructive habit. Then the next one, voluntary death. I already talked about that. When people kill themselves because of depression or they killed or... Martyrs that are killed when they are on journey. Martyrs are soldiers. They are killed. They give their life voluntarily. So we see that in the Bible. Then there, there are people who go to war, right? And they die in war, right? In death, like Cain and Abel, where, like what happens is you know, when people are being shot and all that, that one, there's protection for you. And I'm going to go. Protection for you from imposed death. You understand? Nobody should, nobody should be able to take your life. Do you get what I'm saying? Nobody, when you apply the protection of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or a, a madman goes somewhere and starts shooting and doing all that. Some people die because of that. Do you understand? They die because of that. But that's not your portion. Amen. That's not your portion. A terrorist blows up a building or whatever. That's not your portion. Amen. That's not your portion. Or the, the Wuhan uh, coronavirus. That's not your portion. Amen. So those ones are under physical misfortunes, natural disasters, war and accident. Luke 13, verse 4 to 5, Jesus addressed you know, physical misfortune. He said there was a tower that fell upon people, and they died, the Tower of Siloam. And it's like he was telling people, he said, he said those people that fell, you know, he said, what about the 18 people who died when the Tower, when the tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No, I said, because they are sinners. No, I tell you again, unless you change your mindset, you will die too. Repent means to change your mindset. You know, it's like, except you change your mind. You need to change your mindset. Why should you be? You are not, there were people that the tower 
was supposed to fall, the tower, what do you call it, the um, World Trade Center tower, but they, could, they didn't get to work that day because something held them down. Do you get what I'm saying? He said, change your mindset. Part of the mindset that you've got to change is to believe that you have, you have the protection of God. Amen? I will never, or anybody who is related to me, will never enter a plane that will crash. If the plane is going to scratch, they will not be in there. Something will happen on the way to stop them from getting there. Or the spirit will tell them, don't go in that direction. Or don't go on that journey. Hallelujah. It will never happen. So you've got to believe God for that. I will never be in a place where, you know, I mean, because the promise from God, no evil shall befall you, no place shall come in your dwelling. I will not be in a place where a uh, terrorist is operational or where mass shooting is taking place. Of all the places in the world, I will never be there because I have divine exemption. I have divine protection. Start to say that, amen. Oh, man, I, I need to round up. Okay. Is that, is that okay, everybody? The last one is judgment. The last one, judgment. Why people die? Judgment. So this is the only time that the Bible tells us that there is some involvement of, you know, God removing his protection. So when people are living in a particular way, and, you know, some of those scriptures, you know, when people are living in a particular way, and God says, I think it's better for this person to go at this time. This is the best time for them to go so that they can be saved. And then God removes his protection, and that person comes to one way or the other. So this is the only time that we see um, you know, God is involved in judgment. You know, especially Isaiah 57, verse, I think it's verse 11 or verse 1. Verse 1, it you know, talks about you know, the righteous being removed you know, before uh, to, pre- to protect the righteous from evil. He said, good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. But no one seems to care or wonder why. You need to know why. He said, no one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. So there are some situations, just very minor one, where God says, you know what, this person at this time, this is the best time for this person to come home. Do you get what I'm saying? Those are exceptions to what? To the rule. Let me round up by now talking about how to, under, how to die, how to live and how to live well and die well. Amen. Let's quickly do that. Just give me a few. Uh, Minutes to finish that. So what do you do? How should a believer die? Numbers 23, verse 10. If you can show that. How should a believer die? Numbers 23 and verse 10, quickly. Numbers 23, verse 10. Numbers 23 and verse 10. It says, Who can count Jacob's descendant as numerous as dust? Who can count even a fourth of Israel's people? Let me die like the righteous. Let my life end like theirs. How? He said, you can't count. Do you get what I'm saying? Based on their life, their life is productive. Do you get what I'm saying? You can't count the impact. You can't count. Do you get what I'm saying? You can't count what has taken place, what has happened. In other words, he lived his life fully. Lived his life fully. And left an impact. He said, let my life end like theirs. So that you can confess that. By the time I leave this world, I will have fulfilled my purpose. I will see my children, my grandchildren. I will raise up the next generation. I shall not die, but, but declare the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. I'm teaching today. I'm not preaching. Amen. <laughs> glory to God. Are you ready? So let's quickly, please go to where I talked about areas of obedience. So obedience is very important um, when it comes to longevity. Oh, no, sorry. 
quickly, quickly, before you go to that. So they should die in the Lord. Revelation 14, 11 says, you don't, you know, don't want you to die when you're, after a long and peaceful life, with your affairs in order. With your affairs in order. Isaiah 38, verse 1, he said, set your house in order for you that die and not live. Then, you know, with your affairs in order. Not that, you know, they are, they are running away. Where is the bank account? Where is this? And the children don't know what to do. No, that's not the way. He said, with your affairs in order. Set your affairs in order for you are going to what? To die. That's the way righteous was supposed to die. With their affairs in order. Okay? After fulfilling your purpose. After fulfilling your purpose, Paul said, I have finished the fight. I've run the race. Now it's time to go. That's how righteous people are supposed to go. So, let me end by talking about obedience. It's important. Longevity and obedience are, are connected. So, areas of obedience, quickly. Areas of, number one, activate your covering constantly by the use of your mouth. Everybody say, activate my covering. You can play something for me. Activate your covering by what? By the use of your mouth. Like, that's what I've been talking about. Just say, I'm covered. I'm blessed. I, you know, I'm, with long life, you'll satisfy me. You know, no evil shall befall me, no place shall come near my dwelling place. Get scriptures, get scriptures about longevity, about health, about protection, and fill your mouth with it. Just practice that normally. Get it on YouTube, listen to it, and fill yourself with that. Amen. When you, when you activate it, you release angels and divine protection to cover you, to exempt you, to keep you from falling into all those kind of stuff. Number two, number two, quickly. This is very important. It is the first commandment with promise. Honor your parents. Honor your parents. Honor your father and your mother. He never said honor your good father or your good mother. Honor your parents. Honor people who are, who are parents. Who are parents. One of the things why you need to honor your parents is because when you honor your parents, you are honoring the very, the very way you got life. So when you honor that, you are honoring that life. You, understand? you are sowing a seed for old age too. Amen. You know, so that, you know, you also can, you know, can live long. And also, sometimes you honor your parents, spiritual parents and all that, because sometimes the instruction they will give you is what is going to keep you from danger. And say, don't go to that place. Don't do that, whatever. If you don't honor them, you go and do something. Do you get what I'm saying? That might get you into danger sometimes. So that's why you honor, you know, people. Obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother. The next one, I talked about it last week, the life-giving communion. The communion is our Passover. So when we take the communion like we did last Sunday, and you can do it in your house by yourself, you can take the communion with your family. When you take the communion, you are, you are speaking, you are putting Jesus Christ as your substitute, meaning that Jesus' body was broken so that yours will not be broken. Jesus died so that you will not die young. Hallelujah! It's your substitute. Watch your company. He that walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. If you are sneaking in into the devil's territory on Friday night and nobody knows, you are sneaking to the clubs and all that, and they are shooting there, there's no protection for you there. Are you listening? If you are working with people who are constantly, you know, do, you know getting into dangerous things and getting into the territory of the devil, there's no protection for you in there. Because there are more demons operationally than angels. So watch your company. Work with people. Live good lives. Amen. Watch with people. Don't get involved in crime. You know, there was some. You know, I had a story, you know, this week, a real story. Somebody who has attended this church, you know, before. They're not members of this church, you know, but, you know, they've come before for counseling for me. They're a couple. They've come for counseling. And I, you know, I just, I got a message. And they sent a newspaper article to me that the husband right now is in jail for murder. 
I mean, I was so, I was so sad because last year, you know, we were supposed to start a program with them and all that. But what was it? The person was simply selling whatever, and then he got angry, and he fought with somebody. The person, they took the person to the hospital, and the person died. And now the person is in jail for first-degree murder. Watch your company. Listen to your spirit for directions. And keep working in your purpose. Matthew 2.13, take the child to Egypt because Herod is trying to kill. Listen to your spirit for direction. Just, you know, make sure. Just, don't, you don't have to be perfect. God will protect you if you are imperfect. But don't, don't develop the habit of always disobeying your spirit, right? If he says don't go, don't go. If he says go, go. But don't be in fear. Do you get what I'm saying? God will protect you if you make mistakes. But make sure that you are sensitive. Sometimes there are some journeys you don't have to take. There are some things you don't have to do. Finally, practice a healthy lifestyle. You know, I've talked about that. Activate your divine healing constantly. Develop the fruits of the spirit. You know, just, just, you don't have to be perfect in all these things, but just stay there, the word. And keep just walking with God to just live a life that glorifies him. And God's covering and protection is all over you. How many of you got it? Do you get it? Let's rise up on our feet right now. First of all, let's thank God for his protection. I want you to just thank God for his protection, you know, over us. Lift your hands and just thank him. Thank you, Lord, for your divine protection. Come on, lift up your voices and thank him. Thank you for your divine protection. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice right now. I declare that no evil shall befall you. No plague shall come near your dwelling place. You are protected and you are covered. You will experience the shock of God in protection and divine uh, longevity this year and continually in the name of Jesus. I declare that all the children, everyone that is connected to you, they experience the same covering in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and celebrate God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Len, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Len on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.